Welcome to another edition of Divine War Ninjutsu Podcast for April 2019. I'm Shihan Jason Steves, and in this episode, we do have a special guest, the one, the only, Anthony Commons, who is heading up a few different things. As you know, he's usually quite busy, but these days he's heading up the Toriryu. So that is our primary focus that we were going to talk about today. And without further ado, here he is. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Right, my name's Anthony Cummins, and I'm a historical researcher, and uh, basically I look into ancient ninja and samurai. I've spent my life trying to work out a single question, which is, what did the samurai and ninja actually do? Very good, yes. And there's a lot of uh, interesting ideas and theories out there. I've seen people who think they know what the answer to that is, and some people who don't have a clue, so... Um, well, I came to the conclusion that I didn't have a clue. That was my point. I was in Japan and I was like, kind of gone to learn ninjutsu and all that and study everything. And I was like, I actually don't know. I've been reading and reading and reading and none of it makes any sense. And I don't actually know what's going on. So I set myself the challenge, go and find out the, what the truth, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see one of your current things. The One of the things that really got me interested in uh, your channel on YouTube, for one, is Natori Ryu was popping up. And I was curious about this, and I had to look into it. So um, I came to the conclusion that I needed to dig deeper. So first of all, uh, how long have you been involved with Natori Ryu? Probably. Well, that's difficult to answer. We got, we got, <laughs> I got involved with the Shoninki. So the Shoninki is a manual from 1681 written by Natori Sanjo Mar. Uh, Sanjuro Masazumi, sometimes called Masatake, and it is one document that became famous throughout the ninja world, and it's been famous in the ninja world for about a hundred years, yes. but nobody really knew which school it was from, and uh, that was my first introduction to Natoryu, which we later found out was Natoryu, but then I started digging deeper, and probably from about 2012 or 2013, we started to see the shape of Natoryu building. Okay. So then, I guess, then my next question is somewhat related to the, the previous one, but how did you come across Natoryu? Like, or the, at least like maybe the documents, from the document point of view, how did you find it? Right. First of all, as I say, it's the Shoninki. So everybody in the ninja community, you're in the ninja community, we all know the Shoninki fans and Shukai. And uh, Nimpiden or Shinobi Hiden, as it should be known. Um, so that, obviously, is where I went in. But we didn't know which school it belonged to. It just says Toryu. So this is Toryu, which means our school. And that is a term that is used throughout all samurai literature. It just means our school, our school. So the Japanese called it Kishu Ryu because it's from a place called Kishu. So I mistakenly started calling it Kishu Ryu. But... I had an idea. I was with my translator, Yoshie, and I had this idea. I was like, Yoshie, let's find uh, the author. Instead of, we were looking for ninja documents. And I said, instead of looking for the document name, let's look for the author name. And we looked up Natori Sanjoro Masazumi. And he's, he's just not really about. So we looked up his pen name, which is Toisui Sensei, or Toisui. And it, there was a document, one document called Heika Jodan. That, that was the only one that was there. And when I got that, it, 
inside that document, it gave me a list of all the other documents. So I was like, okay, let's go find all these documents. And it was like, we got at least 10 from that. And then it told us about more. And it just went on and on till we discovered about 28. But we still didn't know the name of the school because it's sometimes called Shin Kusunokiryu, which means the new Kusunokiryu school. Sometimes just Kusunokiryu. But in the end, we found out it's called Natoriyu as well, originally. So is the Natori family still alive there in Japan and in control? Well, they didn't know about their history. They knew they were the Natori family. Uh, they knew they were an old samurai family. One great thing is when I spoke to one of the male, the male of the lineage, his grandmother said, please change your name to Natori because they were from a female line. So obviously female lines... The, the name becomes the married name. So now, in the last two generations, the Natori family have changed their name to Ishigaki. And it was only like, literally, the people I met in Japan, their grandfather was Natori. But because one of them died in World War Two, and uh, the, the male, they only had females left. So they were like, okay, can you change your name? Because we know it's an important family, you know, an important tradition. Mm -hmm. But they didn't actually know the scrolls. They didn't know. It's all been burnt down or lost in World War Two. So they obviously gave you their blessing to go ahead with this and to pursue it? Yes. So I said to them, do you mind? Obviously, we're translating the books. Can I reopen the school? Can I please have your blessing to reopen it? So they did. They said, Of course, they were a little bit hesitant because they said, you know, we've lost all of the traditions, but we're grateful that you've given us back. And I delivered the manuals to them and everything. Yeah. But they said, absolutely, we'll give you our blessing. Please do take it to the world and show everyone. Very nice. So how many people do you have on your team that work with you? Uh, basically, mainly the main translators are me and Yoshie. So, well, obviously I'm not the Japanese speaker, but she's the main one. But then we have to go through it sentence by sentence and make sure the English is correct. So one example I always give, and I give this every time, is the word sergeant. How do you translate? You know, for example, in certain military, a sergeant means one thing, but is a samurai captain, which is cashier in Japanese, is that a sergeant or is he a lieutenant, you know, where does that come in? We have to go through line by line and check everything like that. Then we have Miyako Koyazumi, who is, uh, she deals with Shinkagi Ryu, and she's uh, got gradings in that, and she's an armor enthusiast, and she deals with the old social, the old Japanese grass style writing. And of course, we have the monk, who does all our Buddhist things and Shinto, because he's a Shinto priest and a monk. So if we've got any questions about that, he's the man who gets that done. Okay. So, um, besides what you've told us already about the history, when did it start? Like, where's the origin of Natori? The oldest reference we have now, this information comes from the family documents. So, actually, this was written down after 1868. But it says the original founding member of Natori was actually from the late 1500s or the middle 1500s. And he served under Takeda Shingen. He was called Ma uh, Natori Masatoshi. And he was a vanguard soldier. He was literally... Now, he wasn't um, really... He didn't have a full collection at that point. So what happened was he was the originator and they did medicine and they did tactics. And he, of course, did hand-to-hand -hand combat at the front lines. But it was later. It wasn't until the third generation that they amalgamated everything together. And it changed its name to Shin. Kusunokiryu, but also we had Natoriyu as well. So there's actually two branches that come together. I see. 
Yeah, a lot of people don't realise this. There's the Shinkusunoki branch, or sorry, the Kusunoki branch and the Natori branch come together and they are named Shinkusunoki Ryu. Okay. So why is it today then that we don't have any existing, uh, let's say, in the formal sense, active grandmasters or soke? From Natori Ryu. Sure, Natori Ryu, yeah. Yeah, uh, because the last uh, grandmaster was called um, Yabutani. And we actually have his, he's the guy who wrote the, the family traditions down. Okay. And he said samurai have ended, there's modern warfare now, we don't need these ancient ways. So he closed the school. However, I found the possibility of a dojo in, an, in Japan that carried on afterwards, but that's definitely closed down now. Ah, uh, that's too bad. So, yeah. But uh, even, even so, it's very fortunate that we were able to, or through you, recover these documents because I find they're very important. So, yeah, historically and, you know, the old saying that uh, just because you have to close down some of these old schools, it doesn't mean that there may be a time in the future when they might be, you know, reopened again for various reasons for, you know, um, I, I always say to my students, like if there's an EMP or something and then the power goes down for who knows how long we may be reverted back to the Stone Age, so things like this might be required. It actually brings to the question, why do people follow samurai ways? Why do they follow that? And actually, the answer is really easy, to be fair. It's like, you could just play computer games, drink beer, mm -hmm. and do nothing all day. Mm -hmm. Or you could study the stars, astrology, combat tactics, speech. Naturally, has everything like that. Swimming tactics, trapping tactics. Why would you not study it? Just because it's ancient absolutely so then yeah. it sounds very extensive if you were to print it all out and put it on paper how many pages do you of material do you think there'd be right well each book i've worked this out before this <laughs> <laughs> each book is 500 pages oh, and i can estimate there's going to be um about 10 books wow. so yeah we're looking about and i think i worked out it's going to be something like a million words or something wow. no about something ridiculous no it was ridiculous amount of words yeah yeah about a million actually i think wow that's awesome. so when people talk about schools and traditions natoriu is without doubt uncontested it will be the biggest curriculum samurai curriculum in the world there's ever been even now with only two volumes out it pretty much beats most for curriculum nice so isui sensei he was so natori sanjoro masazumi he's the the main guy who brought all together the third grandmaster and his name was Isui Sensei, and that means the single drop that constantly hits a rock and wears away the rock, meaning that he studied so deep, little by little, that he got to the bottom of samurai understanding. Nice, nice. Yeah, very cool. So how many people do you think, or maybe you know exactly, how many people are active in what you've resurrected as Natoriryu today? Uh, not loads, to be honest. It's, there's, it depends how you look at the question. So. Probably how many people are reading about Natori, then of course thousands, because we sell the books in thousands. Um, but then again, they might just put the book down and that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. Then we've got r roughly, well, I can tell you, I know about 140 registered students. So what we do is we have a registration system. And all it means is they, if a student really wants to say, okay, I'm going to seriously study Natori, they register with us, small fee, a donation goes to the temple, etc. But out of them, they sometimes become lazy, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so out of them, we've probably got about 50 to 100 who are involved actively with Natoriu. Actively, yeah. Yeah. 
So I've heard on some of your videos, you're talking about what is in the thought of you. So maybe you could tell us what exactly is it? Right. This is where a lot of people, again, don't quite get it. It's called gungaku, which is a Japanese term, which means military study. Gun, like gunpo, is military, and gaku is study. So what it means is basically, ask yourself this question. If a samurai's not got his sword out or his spear out or his bow out and he's not literally fighting, what is he doing? And that is the rest of Natoriyu, basically. So how do you cross a river? So it, it's got every topic ever. So for example, if you want to cross a river, how do you do it? First of all, you send your scouts across to check if the enemy are there. If your scouts can't get across, you build a watchtower. Portable watchtower goes up and you have to check the hidden shadow areas, the embankments and all that. Then you send over your vanguard, left troop, right troop, central Hatamoto troop, reserve. Then you've got to create a certain amount of space and then you've got to reform into different formations and move on. And this is, um, this is say like for 10,000 people crossing a 100 meter foot river or something like that. So Natoriyu deals with full armies on the march. And what people don't understand is that most Koryus in existence today are swordsmanship or spearsmanship or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's only the very, and the pun is intended, the spear tip of samurai understanding. That's it. That's like 99.9999% of actual com uh, samurai at war is what Natoryu teaches. And the little bit at the end where people fight is what everybody's yeah. <laughs> literally in the world studies. Yeah. And they forget the rest of it. Seems like the... The exciting part is what people get focused on. Or, but I think this is all exciting if you ask me. But I suppose you know the fighting, or if you're if you're going to show a movie, what they show yeah. in the movie is that little spear tip that you're talking about, because the rest doesn't make for a yep. very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like what when Samurai March, they have to keep in a certain line, and we've got, I've got historical accounts that say if they get out of line, then their captain can cut their head off, uh, and they will decapitate them. And like, so Isui Sensei talks a lot, he says, when you get in line, do this, if you need to leave the line, leave a marker in. And, he, and at first you're reading it and it's a bit boring. You're like, why are we talking about, you know, how to keep a line, you know? But actually with 10,000 people, what they say is if you come out of line and start an argument, the people down the other end think, so basically if an argument starts, samurai draw their swords, then start clashing. And if people start clashing at the back, they think it's an ambush. And the next thing you can rout an entire army because somebody argued about the position. So it's very important. And so they decapitate men for basically getting out of line incorrectly. Very interesting. So where do you see this going in the future? Um, I set up Natoriu with the hope that um, other schools would study it. One of the misunderstandings in Japanese arts is that you can only study one school. And this obviously, a lot of people quote Katori Shinto Ryu, you can only study our school and things like that. Historically, that's not true. It's a bit of a misunderstanding. You can study different schools of different subjects. So you can study one sword school, one gukaku school, one spear school, but you can't study two sword schools. You're meant to study across the board. And I've got the historical documentation of the schools that are taught in Kishu province and Katori Shinto Ryu's there, Yagyu's there, Natori's there, and they all go over. Like on a Tuesday, you'll go and study this one, on a Wednesday, and they've actually got dojo setups like that, like a sports center, basically. But you can swap and change schools, just don't use, don't go to two schools of the same subject. Okay, yeah. 
I've kind of always likened it to learning two languages at exactly the same time. And then, especially if they're similar, because then you start Confused. to use the, the details. And... Yep. So then, let's say 100 years from now, when our existing generation is not around, how do you see what your work has done looking like? Well, okay then. So I was so I was hoping that other schools would take it on board okay. and then add it to their curriculum. So we've got, I'm going to turn up on a Wednesday do this, then I'm going to do Natori on this day. Okay. But then I'm hoping it becomes big enough that I can pass it on to somebody else. Now, the first one lasted from 1570s-ish till the 1870s. So I'm hoping, that's about 300 years, I'm hoping that we can get it for 300 years in the future from now. That would be amazing. That's my dream. Yes. Yes, it would be. I'll do the first 50 years. Then we need five more people to do, <laughs> to do the next 250 after me. So have you seen much growth in the last little while to, to encourage you in that it, it's growing? Uh, I, it actually had a massive spurt at the beginning. And then you could tell people like, oh, right, this is a bit complicated. <laughs> so that first wave I got were like came in and then a lot of them left. So what I'm finding is waves come in. So you get a wave of people and then you get away like 95% of leave because they're like, oh, I don't really want to do star charts or I don't want to learn, you know, ritual magic or all that sort of stuff. They're like, no, I want to just jump around and have a spear in my hand. So, but what we are finding is that over time we're keeping a steady balance, but we're adding a few here and there who are staying. So now we've got some really good, well-established, long-time, you know, students. Okay. So what kind of publications have you put out on Natoridu so far? So far, we've got um, the Book of Samurai series. So Book of Samurai, book one, which is Fundamental Teachings. Then you get Book of Samurai, uh, book two, which is Arms, Armour and the Tactics of Warfare. And then we uh, also have done the Shoninki, which is True Path of the Ninja. Now, as I say, that's actually only probably two and a bit out of 10 books that's going to be but most of samurai military strategy is based on the art of war the chinese art of war and this year i'm bringing out uh, an illustrated lesson by lesson guide to the art of war sun tzu so that's going to be one of our core texts so those two and a bit books that you're referring to is that shinobi jutsu that you're referring to no, so book one, uh, so book of samurai series is the book one is called first one is Heiko Jodan, which basically means conversations for normal time. So it's all the sort of teachings, 290 teachings for how to be a samurai in times of peace, which doesn't sound exciting, but it's literally like um, revenge attacks, night movements, how to converse with people, um, different tools that you use. Then the second half of that book is Ippeyoko, which means uh, independent warriors, the best way of independent warriors. And that's what to do in battle or how to go to war. Then book two, which is Arms, Armour and the Tactics of Warfare. That is actually, he, um, it's called Hegu Yoho, which is Arms, Samurai Armour. And then you get um, Heiki Yoho, which is more tactics, deeper tactics. Then True Path of the Ninja is the Shinobi stuff. Uh, There's actually more Shinobi stuff coming in the future. But the Shinobi stuff builds. So there is some Shinobi in book one, and there is some Shinobi in book two. So, for example, um, in Natori, ninjas have silent sandals for moving indoors. And the Bansen Shukai has them as almost like cotton on the bottom. I'm familiar with whereas, Yeah, yeah, the fold-out sort yeah. of jobs. But Natori, in its armor scroll, 
has you make it out of human hair, female hair, and you wave, weave sandals, and they're your shinobi sandals. But it's only little bits of shinobi throughout everything, and then some dedicated scrolls at the end. Really? Yeah. That's very interesting. So, um, you've put out a few so far, and you were saying you're, you're kind of shooting for about 10, so we can look forward to that many more yeah so after those once that's all done what kind of things do you think you'll be putting out afterwards so natoru wise that will be the complete natoru ryu but at the same time so they are actually in the background at the moment i'm doing like art of war i've got a cool, i've done a modern ninja warfare one so that's coming out so i run them side by side ah. because the translations take much much longer than the other ones mm -hmm. so actually that will take a long time for <laughs> the next 20 years However, after that, I will also probably bring out some easy-to-understand lessons for, for people. Because it's not easy, don't get me wrong. A lot of people just want the easy stuff. And being a samurai is not easy. So especially, you've got to imagine, a samurai is a fully trained, fully professional guy from a young, young age. That's his only job. He has no other job but to study warfare. And then if you add ninjutsu to that, or shinobi no jutsu, you've got to literally be a samurai that studies the arts of the ninja mm -hmm. as well. So it's a full-time thing. So it's not easy to do. So if somebody were interested in maybe looking for some kind of certification in Netsori yep. Ryu, what is available to them? Right, so to, uh, certification-wise, I struggled with this at the beginning because we're revamping, we're rebuilding it. Now, we do have a good set of scrolls. So what we've done at the minute, uh, if you, you can join and do some basic courses, and we've decided that um, once you've finished x amount of courses we have different terms to mean junior instructor senior instructor master of the school and we've put that together so that people can progress through it but to be a master of the school probably about 25 years uh, and about four years to be a basic instructor in certain things I and you've see. got to go through the courses but you know you can get through them they're easy enough you can you sub submit them via articles and things like that video articles yeah. and all that yeah. to get through and it's just to make sure everybody is playing on the same sort of level yeah yeah um so if, if someone who isn't currently involved wants to become involved where would you direct them? first place i go to most people are on facebook so you want to go on facebook and search um natori ryu hub h-u-b as in a central place we've called it ah. and yeah, that's run by my admin team and my admin team basically accept you in say what it's about there's obviously rules on there you know don't be an idiot things like that and then people can get involved and they make friends all over but of course from there you then go on and you speak to andrew throwburn so he's called the jodi which means castle steward and he looks after the, the castle of Natoria Ryu, if you like, and he runs all the courses and everything through him. And of course, then there is my website, www.natori.co.uk. And your YouTube channels as well. And yeah. Yeah. There's lots of good information there. I watch it uh, quite regularly. I think I've seen them all so far. So, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there's free downloads. We have loads of free downloads. I've so my website is divided into Anthony Cummins and Natori. You can keep them separate. Yeah. And there's downloads on there. The YouTube channels are Anthony Cummins and Natori. There's two. And of course, guys, I keep getting as I'll keep throwing out as much information as I can, as many books as I can. And the idea is, you know, we have a uniform, we have everything. Let's spread it. Let's get everyone. So you've got two options. If you're listening out there and you're in a dojo, you've got two options. 
you can either become full Natoriu with a full uniform, everything registered, go on for the instructor's course, and then run your other school below it, or you run your original school above it and run Natoriu below that. So you just choose which one is more, most prominent. Mm -hmm. So, so it's open to everyone from any dojo to use, from kendo to ninja dojos, anything you like. Very nice. Well, hopefully we can stir some more interest and get other people involved in this because I'm, I'm getting quite excited with some of the things I see. So, Good, I'm glad. Well, I have to thank you for taking your time to talk to us about this. It's very enlightening, and uh, I think it was important for people to see and to hear about it. Thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and do do check the website. If there's ever an op a possibility, maybe we can get you again in the future? I hope so. Yeah, I'm more than happy. Right. Any questions? We could even do more detailed skills, if you certainly, like. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, I'd enjoy that. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. There is no shortcut. It is reps that count. Reps, reps, reps. Just do the reps. And just keep practicing and practicing. The more often you do something, the more you practice, the better you get. Work your ass off. You never want to fail because you didn't work hard enough. Work your butt off. That's what I always believe. No matter what you do, work, work, work. You can't climb that ladder of success with your hands in your pockets. You must work your ass off. It's that simple. To have a perfect body, a perfect developed body, you have to go on forever. You have to go on forever. It is the mind that really creates the body, it's the mind that makes you really work out the four or five hours a day. It is the mind that visualizes of what the body ought to look like as the finished product. If you do not see it, and if you do not believe it, who else will? It's the will that makes you go one more time down and struggle up one more time. The will that you need to go to the gym every day. The world that makes you go into the four straps, the world that makes you go beyond and you're doing 500 pound reps in the squats and you can't do another rep and your body is shaking. That all is the mind. key thing to success is not to be afraid of failure. If you fail, what's the worst that can happen? That you go and you get up and you do it again and you try it again and you try it again. What is important is that you get up. When you fall, the winner always gets up and the loser stays down. You have to take risks, you know, no matter what it takes. Yes, I may fail. But I'm going to go and take that risk and go for it. The more risks that you take, the higher the reward is on the end. In order to be complete, 
That's when you really have a 100% chance at being successful. When you have a complete situation, that means that you have developed your body, meaning your health, your strength, your energy, and all of that makes you much more positive, right? Because that's when you wake up, when you feel strong, and you feel fit, and you ride the bicycle in the morning. You know, the whole world looks much more bright. So the, 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 the training of the body, extremely important. The training of the mind, extremely important. Take some light weights and do your reps. Pump up the body, you know, and get some blood in there. Then go and run. Go and run the stairs. Go and exercise. Go to a yoga class. Um, do some weight training, whatever you can, that is what creates kind of life in you and therefore more enthusiasm and you have a much more positive outlook in life. I'm excited to say that we have a new DVD on our store, one of our newest entries. It is the 2001 Washington DC Taikai Gyokoryu Koshijutsu with Dr. Masaki Hatsumi. It was filmed just a few days before the 9-11 attacks and it was his last appearance in a United States Taikai and I believe perhaps the only, the last one anywhere. In 2001, Lagar Shihan hosted Hatsumi Soke for a third Taikai, this time in Washington DC. This event stands out as the first time Hatsumi Soke has shown his warrior art collection outside of Japan. Members of the Smithsonian and the New York Metropolitan Museum, as well as famous art critic Bruce Halander and former FBI director Robert Sessions, were on hand to review Soke's artwork. The Washington Takai 2001 training video earned Lagar Shihan an award from the Japanese Art and Film Society for Best Sports Film of the Year. It is a three-DVD set. Each DVD has about two hours of footage on it. And if you're interested in getting a hold of this, you can navigate to our site at DivineWarriorNinjutsu.com and uh, go to the store tab and then just put in a search for the Taikai 2001 Washington DC or any combination and then you'll find it there. It's uh, available on DVD, download and USB stick and starts at $41 Canadian. How do you pronounce ninjas? S because the ninja is silent. <laughs> Okay, I just want to remind everybody that we just recently had our survival seminar, Saison Jutsu, and if you didn't make it, you can very soon download on the store. As I record this, it's not quite ready, but it will be soon, so keep an eye open for that. It's called Saison Jutsu, is the traditional term for uh, survival. Also, this being 2019, and April is upon us, we will have a grading beginning on the 20th of April, and I know that's a Saturday, but for anyone who does the testings through us locally, um, you can do your testing anytime after that, so the following Monday is fine, or anytime after that, the grading does not expire, so that you can, uh, if you're not ready or you think you've missed it, you're good. Do not worry. The grading will be, uh, grading's eligibility for gradings, I should say, will be available starting on the 20th of April 2019, this year. And uh, if you're doing your online courses, your gradings follow suit on the, as per your program for whenever you signed up and began doing that. And if you don't know about our online courses or you want to know more about it, you can go to our webpage at divinewarnujutsu.com and there's a little icon on the upper right to log in. You can find everything there. 
And that would be my recommendation for you at this time. How about a quick Japanese lesson? Let's throw one in there so you can see what I've been up to and what some of us have been up to, and a good refresher just for learning some Japanese. A quick one, nothing serious. Welcome to 3 Minute Japanese, Season 1, Lesson 6 Refusing Politely. In this lesson, you'll learn how to refuse invitations politely in Japanese. Here's a formal way to say, sorry, but in Japanese. Sumimasen, chotto. First is a word meaning, excuse me, or sorry. Sumimasen, sumimasen. Last is the word literally meaning, a bit. Chotto, chotto. In general, saying no directly is considered very casual in Japanese culture, so gentler language is preferred. Listen again to the formal phrase meaning, sorry, but. Sumimasen, chotto. Sumimasen, chotto. Okay, now let's see an alternative way to say, sorry, but, in a less formal way, though it's still polite. Gomen nasai, chotto. First is a word meaning, excuse me, sorry. Gomen nasai, gomen nasai. Next is the word meaning, a bit. Chotto, chotto. Listen again to the formal phrase meaning, I'm sorry, but. Gomen nasai, chotto. Gomen nasai, chotto. The following is a formal way to say, I'm sorry, but I have plans. Sumimasen, yote ga arimasu. First is a word meaning, excuse me, sorry. Sumimasen, sumimasen. Next is the word meaning plan. Yote, yotei. Next is the subject particle. Ga, ga. Last is the word meaning as I have, as there is. Arimasu, arimasu. Listen again to the formal phrase meaning I'm sorry, but I have plans. Sumimasen, yotei ga arimasu. Sumimasen, yotei ga arimasu. Finally, is an alternative way to say, sorry, but I have plans, in a less formal way, though still polite. Gomen nasai, yotei ga arimasu. First is a word meaning, sorry. Gomen nasai, gomen nasai. Next is the word meaning, plan. Yotei, yotei. Next is the subject particle. Ga, ga. Last is the word meaning, as I have, as there is. Listen again to the phrase meaning, sorry, but I have plans. Now it's time for a quick cultural insight. The word chotto means a little or a bit, but it's also often used when refusing in a roundabout way, like I have a small thing and I'm sorry, I have to refuse your invitation. Of course, you can use it even if you don't have any plans. And that's all for this lesson. Don't forget to check out the lesson notes, and we'll see you in the next lesson. Mata ne! Practice with the review track. Refusing politely. Chotto. A bit. Ga. Subject marking particle. Arimasu. 
as I have, as there is. 予定 Plan. ごめんなさい Excuse me, sorry. Excuse me, sorry. すみません As I have, as there is. あります Excuse me, sorry. ごめんなさい Excuse me, sorry. すみません Excuse me, sorry. ごめんなさい You can always subscribe to get more of these Japanese lessons if you want to add bit.ly slash ninja101. That is bit.ly. That would be bit dot ly slash ninja101. How about a little audio track of what I've been listening to lately? This one's called Beat Jutsu Manual Ninja Stars Ninja vs. Shaolin Ninja by Five Element Ninja. Enjoy. Who, who has the secret Kung Fu manual? Could it be this young good for nothing? You're gonna have good luck. Sorry. Why the red cloth? It's a ninja legend. I've been hearing a lot of people getting this term wrong, so let's address it. Shuriken. 
the shuriken. Ninja throwing star. Blah, blah, whatever. So it's pronounced shuriken. And the ri part in the middle is kind of like a rolling R, like you might find in French or Spanish. It's not quite. Some would say it's a cross between an L and a D sound in Japanese because they don't have really have an R. But it's so close that it doesn't really matter. And I wouldn't say it's a continual roll. It's just a single re, re, you know, like re. So shuriken, 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 shuriken. Please don't say shuriken or bastardize the sound of it in any way. 500 push-ups in the morning. And then I come out here and do another 200. And 10 sets of pull-ups and deaths. Every five days a week. And I'm 60 years old. I'm 61. December 31st, 1915. Because if you're willing to go through all the battling you got to go through to get to where you want to get, who's got the right to stop you? People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. Until you start believing yourself, it's over. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life you won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of it. Let me tell you something you already know. It's real simple. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. You demanded more of us. You demanded perfection. To me, being perfect is not about that scoreboard out there. I ain't saying that I'm perfect because I'm not. And I ain't gonna never be. None of us are. We're in hell right now.
the cost on this one. You don't count how many breaths you take. You don't count it. You get to a point where you don't count it. You just do whatever it takes to get whatever you want. Don't stop. Stay busy. Work your plan. Continue to do those things that you know that work for you after you have evaluated yourself in the situation. Once you make a decision and you go all in and you say, I ain't quitting till I get there. I ain't giving up. I ain't giving in. I'll do whatever it takes to be successful. And when you make that decision, you, when you look you in the mirror, when you tell yourself that, look, I'm through, I'm, I'll do whatever it takes, I guarantee you, that begins to happen. Forget about your past. Forget what happened back in the day. Make the rest of your life the best of your life. The Art of Invisibility Ninja skills in which we train would best be known as the art of winning. The warrior of merit generates victory in ways that do not cause others to feel defeat. He wins before the conflict erupts, succeeds before the challenge appears, and possesses his prize before anyone thinks to oppose him. You will assist the sincere with your ability to win with the spirit. Their dream becomes the force of your vision, which becomes a vibrant intention taking shape in the mind to be woven into the fabric of history. We will know that we have won when we have attained what we needed and the world is a better place as a result of it. God is at work in your life and has a plan. He walks with you. You may not perceive a way out right now, but he does. You may not feel that you have all that it will take to emerge stronger, but he does. With God on your heart, you will perceive and prevail and persevere. It's time to believe, because rough times require strong faith, because this too will pass, because big problems precede bigger things to come, because every disappointment gives us fresh opportunities, and because each season of scarcity gives way to new seasons of increase. If you don't put that do not disturb sign outside your hotel door, they will disturb you by calling you in the morning to see if you want your room cleaned. Always put the sign out. Excuse me, sir. May I ask you a question? <laughs> yes. Do you cry? Sure. Anytime I severely hurt myself. When you watch sad movies, do you cry? No. <laughs> do you think it's healthier to cry or to hold it all in? Cry. Sure, why not? I will skip the part where I call you a baby. <laughs> Thank you for your input. Yeah, you're welcome. It is correct, though. See? Dear that's, John made me cry. <laughs> that's how it's done. Well, I was honest with you, at least. Correct or not, at least I was being truthful. You cried relentlessly. I was fair at that one point. He was able to get that stupid tube off. You got four for that. Have you ever been in an argument with your spouse? Yes. Okay. If you are living with your spouse and you're in an argument and say you're going to have a trial separation, this is a hypothetical situation. Who moves out? 
Uh, well, according to her, I would, but... <laughs> I'm assuming at this point in your lives, like, you both own the house? Yeah. Okay. So... To be fair, I just go down to the garage and set up in there. It's fully insulated, so... Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. It's a good answer. I like it. So, I've literally got a dog house. It's big enough to live in. Does it have like a stove or anything? It's got an oil furnace. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be replaced with a wood stove. So. Yeah. I was going to say, I'd probably just go down to my hunting camp. Again, he's got a dog house. Okay. <laughs> so you've both voluntarily, at least hypothetically, voluntarily decided to move out. It would depend on the situation. I think the right answer would be you both, everybody, not you both, but like you and your spouse, should both be trying to be the one to move out. And not saying you get out. Because the person that says you get out is wrong. That's a bad attitude. In a situation, especially if you want your marriage to continue, you should say, okay, okay. I'll move out. No, no, no. And we've also talked about this in the house. If it happens, it's a big enough house we just... Just separate, yeah, a bit, separate, separate a bit, because yeah. we've got two separate bedrooms yeah, okay. available. We've got a basement that's mine. <laughs> okay. It's That'll got everything work. but a kitchen, so. Except Bathroom? My house, yeah. My house is laid out very nicely for something like that. No, Do you have, like, an in-law suite? No, she's got an in-law's got her own bedroom if she needs it. You do live with your in-law? No, so if she needs it. She's on oxygen. health gets worse. Ah, she I see. Okay. Okay. That's a good answer, I think. I'm... And then I get an extra ally in the house, so <laughs> my mother-in-law actually loves me. Wow. That's unusual. I would say that the, the correct answer is that everybody, all parties should be wanting to move out and giving it to the other person. That would be a good, unless you want to divorce, that's different. But if you want your marriage to work, you should be saying, no, 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 I'll move out. Or I'll sleep on the couch at least. If not move out, I'll be the one to go to the couch. Even though on movies they always, they always make it look like it's the woman who says, you're going on the couch. But someone has to volunteer, I think. Like I said, it would depend very much on the situation. If I had the house before, she, before we got together, before she moved in, uh-huh. There will be a prenup agreement that she would, uh, if we were to break up, I keep the house because it was my house before the relationship. Yeah, okay. I guess I was coming at it as as equal as possible. Kind yeah. Of thing. You bought it together and everything. Yeah, okay. That's good. Because the house that I actually want to build is going to be on my parents' property. That would be hard to move out of and leave. Yeah. Exactly. But see, if it's a tempor- temporary thing for like uh, a few weeks, say, even, that's not a big deal. Just, uh, you could even just go to your parents' house temporarily. But that's a whole other... You just take Jason's spare room. <laughs> I would for a little while, but I think there would be a very clear agreement next time that there is an expiration date. Do you meditate? Do you have a meditation routine that you go through on it at least weekly basis, daily basis is better. Research even shows that meditating twice a day is very good for you. And research has shown that research, did I say research? Research, research, but research shows that when you meditate, the 
I always mix this one up, but one of the, the white matter or the gray matter in your brain, one of them increases and grows. Not grows per se, but takes over so that it's stronger and there's more of it. It's more abundant. So, if you don't meditate already, consider it. Think about meditating, how to meditate, and just there's lots of free online courses out there. Five minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. I meditate on a regular basis, and I just, just thought I'd share with you what I'm listening to lately. I listen to all kinds of different meditation music, different kinds of things that spark a feeling inside of you, one of those types of tracks. So this is what I'm meditating to, and I thought I'd share it with you. Feel free to use it. I think this was actually called Choose Wisely, and some of you may recognize it. Here it is. Hello there, friends. I know Zanny Cyrus here. Um, I was just on the radio with uh, my good friend Brian Miller, and we were having a discussion, and it came to me that maybe I should make yet another video in a different format. And yes, it's going to be about the same debate that's going on between everyone, and seems like nobody's accepting anyone else's answer. The good Muslims versus extremist Muslims. Okay, let's review this again. Who are the good Muslims? To our point of view, good Muslims, or to Muslims' point of view, good Muslims? Now, here's how I'm going to break it down. So, if you look at a good Muslim through an eye of a real Muslim within Islamic society, here's what you're going to get. A good Muslim is the person who's going to follow the Quran, follow Muhammad, and follow the Hadith, and will do whatever it takes to protect Islam, to call into, if they're called into jihad, they're going to join the jihad, they're going to kill the infidel, all of that counts as a good Muslim within Islamic society. Now, we are referring to them as radical Muslims, right? Yeah. Now, the good Muslims that you are referring to, who are your nice neighbors, nice co-workers, nice classmates, well, they're actually bad Muslims, or in another word, better word, they're not even Muslims, within Islamic countries or within Islamic society. The reason for that is because they're nice to you, they're not counting as Muslims. They are just like you and me, infidels. 
Now, this question keeps popping either on my page or other people tag me on comments of other pages where people say, well, how come so many millions and millions Muslim, millions of Muslims are living in peace, peacefully and quietly? Well, because they don't count as real Muslim. They might come and tell you that, well, I read the Quran and there are so many good verses in Quran. Well, yeah, there are some violent verses too, but there are some good verses. Well, no, that's, that, there's no such a thing. The good verses, nice verses, peaceful verses in Quran applies to Muslims and Muslims only. The Quran doesn't tell you to be fair and to be nice to your non-Muslim neighbor. It, there is no such a thing in Quran. And if you, can, if you think there is, send me the, the verse and the name of the surah or the chapter and I will go look it up because I'm pretty sure there's no such a thing. There is no be fair, be nice, be truthful to your non-Muslim friends because there is no permission to be friends with non-Muslims in the first place. Now that aside, there's another comment that keeps popping up saying, well, if ISIS is the real Muslim, why are they killing other Muslims? Well, that's exactly why. That's what I explained at the beginning of this video. So. ISIS people, or as you call them, radical Muslims, extremists, anything you want to call them. I call them Muslim because that's what they are to me. They don't look at other Muslims. They don't look at our nice Muslims or moderate Muslim or good Muslim or peaceful Muslim, however we want to phrase it. They don't look at them as Muslims. So they deserve to die as well. They start a cleanup within their own country. You're asking, somebody is asking apparently that, why are the killings in Middle East more than outside? Well, first of all, because there's no law in Middle East. It's Islamic, so you can kill and nobody's going to touch you. They're going to reward you for killing, number one. In the United States or in Europe, if you start killing people, you're going to have to answer for it, right? So it's easier to kill, kill over there. Secondly, who exactly is giving you these numbers that the killings of Muslims are more than Christians? In reality, no, they're killing more Christians than Muslims. And the so-called Muslims, they're killing over there are the bad Muslims to them. They are the one who are against them. They are the one who are not following the Quran. They are the one who are questioning Sharia law. They are the one who are basically saying Islam is not about violence. So they count it as infidel. So radical Muslims are killing the moderate Muslims, right? So here, five minutes. I hope it explained. If it didn't, I will find another way to explain it. You all know how stubborn I am. But bottom line is, let's just face it. Let's get over this whole good Muslim versus radical Muslim, extremist versus moderate. There is no such a thing. There is just one type of Muslim. And that is convert or kill. Convert or kill. That's Islam. Islam says convert or kill. Now if you want to go back to, oh... Quran says peaceful things. Well, please do read the Quran. I have, not willingly, but I have. And it says, any verse of nice, be nice, be peaceful, be fair, is toward your Muslim brothers, real Muslim brothers. So that's it for now. I just wanted to make sure because it, it came up again on the radio and it keep coming up on Facebook and I see everybody's struggling with this subject of good Muslim versus bad Muslim. There is no such a thing. Trust me. There's just one type of Muslim. So send me questions as always and I'll be here. I try to get to answer them all. 
Meantime, as always, you all be safe. Take care and tons and tons of love and respect. Bye-bye. This concludes another edition of the Divine Moore Ninjutsu podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can direct them to DivineMoreNinjutsu.com. There's all kinds of links on there for social media and email, direct contact, all that stuff. This is Shihan Jason Steve signing off. Thank you for joining us, and until next time.